This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Upstart and Candid. So earlier this week, it was rumored that AT&T and Discovery Networks were formulating some kind of merger behind the scenes, with only a few select executives aware that it was about to take place. The rumors of this merger started popping up last Sunday, and the actual confirmation and corresponding announcement happened just a few hours later on Monday morning. So very rapidly, this all unfolded. It made it one of the biggest and quickest major media mergers in history, if it inevitably goes through, which historically has been the case with these things happening. I'm sure they'll be fine. But what the hell does this even mean? And why the hell does AT AT&T keep doing this, considering they're billions of dollars in debt? Uh, this will probably result in massive layoffs, the shuttering of brands, and it'll only add to more confusion as to what AT&T's actual offerings and platforms are. Yeah, AT&T is such a fascinating company because it has a hundred year plus history of just like pulling itself apart and then forming back together again. It's like yes. the T-1000 <laughs> of companies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is just the latest example of that. Every few years, AT&T just morphs into something else. It loses a few body parts. It grows some new ones. Yeah. But AT&T will never go away. The government, multiple times throughout history, has forced AT&T to break itself up. Hey, guys, you're getting a little crazy. And within 10, 15 years, it just finds a way. Sneakily. become at t again. Nobody's looking now. Yeah. Anyway, we've been over this a few times before, but these are all the same company. AT&T, AT&T Now, AT&T TV, DirecTV, DirecTV Now, HBO, HBO Max, and now Discovery and Discovery Plus. Somehow. Um, and this is without even getting into all the sub-networks, the digital media companies, and the studios that are underneath this gigantic and somehow still growing umbrella. But if you want an idea of just how insane this is from one single digital media perspective, uh, check out this tweet from our good friend, Joel Rubin, <laughs> who you have to sing his name. Joel Rubin, who mapped out his career over the past decade or so and how uh, AT&T was somehow there the entire way. Like those footsteps in the sand yeah. carrying him. <laughs> yeah. I looked down, two sets of footprints. So, uh, yeah, if you want an even more uh, offensive graph, graph, Check out what AT&T has been up to since 1984 when the government thought that AT&T was looking a little too much like a monopoly and decided to break them up. Yeah. As you said before, essentially, AT&T was Humpty Dumpty, except all the king's horses and all the king's men were executives, lobbyists, and government officials who uh, looked the other way or helped them along the way and allowed Humpty Dumpty to not only put himself back together again, but allowed him to uh, go around dropping his wallet on other eggs and just picking up all the pieces and grafting their broken bodies onto his, like some sort of fucked up king egg megazord. Humpty, we're gonna bash that fucking little shell of yours, but we're gonna look the other way. And also, here's a little bit of, here's some tape. Yeah. Uh, we're not seeing anything. I uh, can't see it. After AT&T had successfully reacquired its monopoly over the course of 20 years, it then started buying up a bunch of other stuff, like DirecTV, before ultimately merging with Time Warner, a process that was initially announced back in 2016 and was finalized about two years later. Lots of restructuring happened, lots of jobs were lost, and a large portion of the entire entertainment industry now belonged to this telecom. Yeah, and there's no shortage of stories about how AT&T and the newly formed Warner Media have had a negative effect on pretty much everything that has been happening at the studios, the networks, the subsidiaries, and 
just especially the entertainment side of all of that. We've mm-hmm. we've covered a large amount of it. Uh, everything from the Snyder Cut drama to the CEO of HBO, the longtime CEO of HBO, stepping down after nearly 30 years at the helm uh, of what became the, one of the strongest forces in premium television movies because of creative differences. Yeah, I don't want to work with with AT and T. Literally, the guy who built one of the best entertainment brands ever to exist. Yeah, like, no thanks. A guy you would think would be just a, a crown jewel for your company, a, mm-hmm. a real asset. They they managed to piss him off enough that he's just like, fuck it, I'm retiring. And let him go. We're yeah. just like, yeah, you know what? We'll do it without you. Yeah. As you recall, Warner Media announced and then launched HBO Max, their streaming service, which was competing against Netflix and Disney+. And we've said previously that HBO Max has actually turned out to be a decent addition to the streaming lineup. Uh, it's bolstered more recently by the fact that at least temporarily until the end of the year, theatrical releases have been made available on the platform the day they hit theaters, which is cool. Yeah. But also, th- their back library is actually Yeah, because you get all of HBO massive. and a bunch yeah. of Warner. I, uh, I yeah. like HBO Max quite a bit. And they have a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. It's, it's actually a good deal, as yeah. long as you're not, you know, spl- splitting your wallet amongst the 10 options like if you're picking one or two a month then you're, you're getting a, I mean, a lot I, of content we get all of them in my house I, I, I don't I don't do the math at the end of the month I well just... we have to we have to report on this show so <laughs> yeah. it's a tax write-off yeah, yeah. that's true uh, now even before Monday of this week Warner media already had control of so much of what we see technically having their hands in more pots than even Disney which which is a completely separate but similar issue as far as monopolies are concerned but what if they had a, a, a little more daddy's still a, bit, a little bit hungry well, like we said, it was announced on Monday that AT&T was doing a deal with Discovery Networks, another media behemoth whose lineup includes channels like Discovery, Food Network, HGTV, TLC, Animal Planet, and so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of people that watch this show, maybe not exactly the hyper-focused like uh, section of uh, America that gets all the viewers to Discovery, but like stuff like HGTV and Food Network, they just they kill. mass appeal. Yeah, I had, sidebar, I had no fucking clue how many episodes and seasons there's been of, uh, God, it's not Extreme Home Makeover. It's, uh, they're one of those one of those house house hunters. Is it House Hunters? I don't know. House Hunters International or whatever? I think, yeah, House Hunters. Or House Hunters? I, I'm pretty sure it's House Hunters uh, has like over... A thousand episodes. It's crazy. And like hundreds of seasons. And at like at any, at any given time, they have 20 separate crews all filming simultaneously. The money's so good that that uh, husband and wife from Flip or Flop broke up. He went crazy, uh, allegedly had brought a gun with him somewhere. And then they got, they, they even divorced. They were like, well, we got, I mean, we got to do the show. Yeah. So they did the show together after a messy divorce. That discovery money. The discovery, what, what look. The point is, Discovery is a humongous network, even yeah. if you don't watch the channels that are on it. But w- what is going on with this deal? It- it's pretty confusing, actually. It, uh, yeah, it's because it's not just gulp. We're we're eating Discovery. It's actually it's a lot more nuanced than that, I guess. Yeah. Now, at first, it seemed like through whatever deal they were making, that maybe the recently launched Discovery Plus would just get wrapped up in HBO Max, creating a damn near unbeatable streaming platform in terms of popular content. Like wrapping those together and you know, not raising the price would be pretty insane. It would be like its own cable package, essentially. Yeah. But so far, it doesn't look like that's the case, at least for now. And it appears as though this merger will instead create yet another new company for some reason. But one that, and this is where it gets more confusing, actually isn't owned by AT&T. 
but will include a majority percentage of AT&T shareholders who are getting a piece of whatever the new company is. Yeah. The company split like AT&T shareholders get 70-something percent of this new company, and Discovery shareholders get 20-something percent of this new company, but AT&T doesn't own whatever it becomes. There's a Warner Media kind of thing. They're spinning off all of their media properties into a new company that is a merger between Warner Media, along with like, I guess, I don't know if DC Comics was even included in Warner Media, maybe it was, but it's all that stuff merging with Discovery as a new company that yeah, the, <laughs> that isn't AT and T, but is yeah has the AT and T obviously the shareholders have a financial stake in it. Yeah, there's it's dumb. They're probably going to end up naming it Direct Now HBO TV Plus. Or I mean, something stupid. I think it, I mean I think it's kind of possibly a good thing because yeah, a, one yeah. of the, one of the bigger problems with AT and T is they're a telecommunications company that doesn't uh, know the entertainment only industry. only cares about profits and does not give a fuck about like inter- quality entertainment. So. Uh, yeah, having all the Warner stuff back in a company that is primarily an entertainment company, maybe a good thing. Yeah, there's definitely going to be layoffs, but I, the end result might be better than it was with AT&T at the helm. I don't know. Uh, anyway, here's the Associated Press. AT&T said Monday it will combine its massive Warner Media media assets, which includes HBO and CNN, with Discovery Inc. to create a new media heavyweight in a $43 billion deal. The deal, which isn't slated to close until next year, will create a new publicly traded company that will enter a streaming arena that has been flooded in the past two years with new players, including those owned by AT&T and Discovery, which operate HBO Max and Discovery Plus, respectively. Um, The article also breaks down how this deal would affect consumers and uh, those working for these companies, saying that, quote, nothing is likely to change for HBO Max and Discovery Plus subscribers for now. AT&T executives sat on a call with investors that their plans for HBO Max remain in place. Going forward, the services could be combined in a number of ways. They could become part of a bundle, as Disney has done with its separate services, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN+. They could remain separate or combined into one mega service. Uh, for employees working within these companies or their subsidiaries, <sighs> obviously, it's going to be bad news for a lot of people in an industry that has literally been pummeled for the past couple of years before and during the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, AT&T and Discovery said the combination will save $3 billion annually that can be plowed into investments in content and its streaming service. That likely means layoffs when the departments are combined and restructured. Quote, unquestionably, there are going to be some layoffs, said CFRA analyst Tuna Amobi. Since uh, being acquired by AT&T, WarnerMedia has already been through two rounds of layoffs, including a 5% to 7% cut in November, about 1,000 jobs. Now, in addition to all of that, This deal will almost certainly have a ripple effect throughout the entire industry as other major companies like Disney, Sony, Netflix, and so on will be more inclined to acquire more companies, brands, and studios to go up against this behemoth, essentially resulting in an industry where two or three companies own everything and dismantle and destroy anything they don't care about, which might get in their way. Sounds like you hate capitalism there, Carl. (laughs) We need to... AT&T... So the good thing for AT&T is... They, they were like $200 billion in debt or something. So this bails them out of some of that. Uh, they went down to the Caesars buffet, put put the credit card down, and got a little too crazy there with the desserts. That these crab legs. <laughs> They're still good. They're still good. So, yeah, they, they figured out a way out. But this is, look, hopefully this is better. Historically, everything's gotten worse. 
no matter what happens? I mean, I, at least I think probably Discovery and Warner Media, like there's obviously a ton of redundancy, but probably less redundancy than if it was two movie studios. They definitely, Warner Media and Discovery both have their kind of their own worlds they operate in. Yeah. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of redundancy. Regardless, it should go better considering that a, a telecom CEO isn't in charge of an entertainment company. Yeah. I, at the very least, I guess. Anyway, to summarize, AT&T merged with Time Warner, creating Warner Media, but now they're spinning Warner Media off into a new company that combines Warner Media and Discovery Networks. It's a separate company, but the people who own shares in this new company will consist of a majority of AT&T shareholders. And uh, honestly, we won't, we won't even be surprised if, as is tradition, AT&T eventually acquires whatever the hell uh, this thing is that they've just made and kicked down the street. They'll probably go and be like, hey, why don't we own that in just a few short years? Why did we ever let that go? Hey, that's pretty cool. I'd like this now. Yeah. And uh, also, quick side note here, which after all that information just seems comical, but actually would have been big news on its own during any other week. Uh, Warner Media announced during one of the calls this week that HBO is going to have ads now because they'll be launching a cheaper ad-supported version of HBO Max sometime in June that will cost $10 a month. Obviously, the ad-free option will still exist at its current price of $15 a month, uh, but who knows how long either of those will stay at those prices, especially if AT&T cancels Discovery. Sorry, Warner Media, whatever yeah, the new company yeah, is. If, if Discovery Plus is canceled, passive voice uh and then you know they shove 90 day fiance and my 600 pound life into hbo max and then charge you more for the convenience who's to say yeah i guess we'll just have to wait and see i do like that hometown show though very soothing hometown yeah it's a it's a lovely uh southern christian couple that just trying to revive their local town with a couple of fixer up i don't know like there's a lot to be said about how like actually very bad all those hgtv shows are but it is a very calming, nice show. Um, anyways, while we're here shitting on Warner Media, if you weren't angry yet, uh, this next story will certainly upset the most vocal parts of the entertainment-enjoying community because apparently Warner Brothers, quote, tortured Zack Snyder throughout the finishing of the Snyder Cut. Oh, come on, man. I mean, we already heard the horror stories about how Justice League was handled internally, the original Justice League, uh, when things were handed off from Snyder to Joss Whedon. But apparently the abuse did not stop there. From a recent interview, as told by MovieWeb, quote, Snyder revealed that even when Warner gave him the green light to finish the Snyder Cut last year, he still felt tortured by the studio the whole time, saying, It was cool to do the Snyder Cut of Justice League, and that was fun and everything, but Warner Brothers still tortured me the whole time for whatever reason. They can't help it. I don't know why I'm such a fucking pain in their ass, because I'm not trying to be, honestly. If you analyze what's happened with Warner Brothers, it's not a normal situation. It's a once-in-a-generation bizarro situation. I just had an amazing experience with Netflix, and it was awesome, and we had a great partnership and an incredibly great experience. So the only thing I would say is that it's an unusual situation. I don't want to get in trouble either, but I'm not going to sit here and let them act like that and not... Look, they're the ones that have been aggressive, not me. I haven't done anything. Every day they turn around and do some weird passive-aggressive thing. So, I don't know. It's weird. But look, like I say, I had a great time making Justice League. I'm super glad I got to finish it. Yeah, so... Leave Zach, look, I make fun of Zack Snyder for being a hack filmmaker, but he seems like a genuinely, genuinely nice man. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. And uh, it sucks what happened to him uh, at multiple points. Uh, and he has made some stinkers. That's for sure. He's made some good ones, He's too. He's made though. some great movies, too. My, my, prob my big problem with Zack Snyder is that he has his wheelhouse of dumb action movies that aren't trying to be smart or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He's great at that. 
But then, somewhere along the line, he got it in his head that he's some sort of fucking artist. And Look, I said this eh. at the original uh, Dawn of Justice and Justice League. Well, Justice League. Dawn of Justice uh, was like, like, Zack Snyder can shoot some beautiful scenes. Yeah, he's... Some incredibly epic, amazing-looking scenes. Zack Snyder is the ultimate example. And I don't know if this happens as much anymore just because MTV isn't as relevant. But Zack Snyder is the ultimate example of, like, that generation of filmmakers, the Gen X generation, who all got their start shooting music videos and then Mm. transitioned into filmmaking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the man has quite the eye. Yeah. I'll give him that. Sure. And when he has enough time to tell a story, he can tell it. He needs a lot of time. Yeah. Anyways, but, uh, yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> all right. Let's calm down and leave these big media companies alone for a second, and take a quick break to thank today's sponsors for sponsoring this show and allow us allowing us to produce it without being owned by AT and T. Even though technically our ad network is a subsidiary of Rooster Teeth, <laughs> which is a subsidiary of Otter Media, which is a subsidiary of Warner Media Sales and Distribution, which is a division of AT and T's Warner Media. Fuck. There's no escaping. The web. But they're just our ad network, so we can they say fuck, fuck AT&T all they we want. Are. Then they'll never find out. <laughs> won't hear anything. Uh, now, when it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keep you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com newsdump. That is upstart.com newsdump. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash newsdump. This episode is also sponsored by Candid. Are you unhappy with your smile? You don't have to be. Thousands of people have used Candid. The clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligners help straighten their teeth, and now they love their smile. Just like Justin M. from Atlanta, who said, When I was younger, I used to have a gap in the front and on the side. I noticed that people would always look at my mouth first, so I was looking for a fix. Candid ended up being the perfect company for me. You can't stop me from smiling now. There's no comparison. Candid is here to help straighten your teeth so you can fall in love with your smile, too. Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. You'll have the same quality of care that you'd get from an in-office orthodontist from the comfort and convenience of your own home. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish, so you never have to wonder how you're doing. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. Become your best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you can save $75 on Candid's starter kit. Go to candidco.com newsdump and use code newsdump. That is candidco.com newsdump, code newsdump. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco.com newsdump, code newsdump. All right, now uh, back into the news. And look, whether you'd like to accept the truth or not, when it comes to the media this year, 2021, it will almost certainly be defined as the year of the NFT. And we've withheld overdoing it with coverage about NFTs because <sighs> we understand how stupid and frustrating it is for a lot of people that these digital items are fetching outrageous price tags. And that dis- uh, despite what a lot of people will scream in the comments, uh, they aren't great for the environment. Uh, 
Uh, but suffice it to say, with every week that goes by, there is something big happening in the world of non-fungible tokens. And it seems to always range between already rich and famous people eagerly attaching themselves to a trend because it's an easy, quick way to make an absurd amount of money, or artists and people who have contributed to the online world finally getting a decent payday for their work. To speak to that point, there's been a steady stream of people who were immortalized forever as memes throughout the past two decades who were able to sell their appearance as a meme for tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, finally allowing them to capitalize on inadvertently becoming famous with initially zero financial benefit. Yeah. Uh, bad luck, Brian. Nab nearly 50,000. Scumbag Steve got 70,000. The oh my god, Burks. That girl, she got a modest 5K. Mm -hmm. Sad. I always liked that meme. Yeah. Uh, disaster girl, you know, the little girl looking uh, menacingly, sinisterly in front of a house that was burning down. She got almost half a million dollars. Yeah. Which, fine. But uh, then there's the celebrities who are in this NFT thing because it's a trend that they can cash in on. You DJs, musicians, film and TV stars. Do they really need to sell NFTs? I mean, Cara Delevingne's reportedly auctioning off an NFT about her vagina. Okay. Uh, luckily, most of the celebrities like Delvine are donating the money to charity. But some of them, but uh, yeah, uh, some of them uh, very clearly are not. But uh, a lot of them are, which is great. Yeah, it's it's been a very interesting past few months of like people I sort of casually follow and casually admired online, uh, just randomly losing respect for them when I haven't checked it on them in a while, and just see that they've gone. Just 100% fully into NFTs, and that's all I mean, they fucking talk about anymore. Look, well, yeah, non-artists, sure. I've seen a lot of artists that I like and respect that have gone into it, and it's hard for me to, like, feel, like it's hard for me to attack them or, or think that they're doing something wrong, considering 99% of them are just getting by or whatever with their actual physical art. Um, it's and, cool, and it's but great that they're able to, you know, make a, a decent living now. That's all fine. It's just I'm saying, like, you know, now you go on these artists' pages, and it's, it's much more about like the commerce side of it than the actual art feels like. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so celebrities, do they have to use cryptocurrency? Do the celebrities things? and the brands and uh, the people with uh, presumably already great revenue streams, do they really have to use? This fucking cryptocurrency art release shit to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know who definitely doesn't have to do that? Fox. But back to the main point. NFTs are now just a regular part of our lexicon. They are everywhere. And even though the value has been dropping as the market is being flooded. Huh, and, who called that one? And also the fact that cryptocurrency. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, brands and companies are still going to be cashing in on this craze until there is literally no monetary value left in doing it. Case in point. Fox. Fox is working on a new animated series with Rick and Morty co-creator Dan Harmon that will be, quote, tied to the blockchain and allow you to purchase NFTs from the show in a digital marketplace. From The Hollywood Reporter, Harmon is making Crapopolis, an animated comedy set in mythical ancient Greece that's centered on a flawed family of humans, gods, and monsters that tries to run one of the world's first cities without killing each other. Yet, Crapopolis is also going to be the first ever animated series curated entirely on the blockchain and mark the broadcast network's debut move into the NFT business. Fox says it is also debuting a new NFT company called Blockchain Creative Labs. It continues with a quote from Fox Entertainment CEO Charlie Collier, who said, 
Not to go too far into it today, but as an advertiser-focused, artist-first, and animation-obsessed company, Fox is going to take advertisers into the world of blockchain-powered tokens, including NFTs. And Dan's series, currently entitled Crapopolis, will be the first ever curated entirely on the blockchain. And just as we're doing this for our own animation, we will also help your brands connect directly with fans and enthusiasts through NFTs. With and for you, Fox will help art meet brands meet technology. Fox will launch a dedicated marketplace for Crapopolis that will curate and sell digital goods ranging from NFTs of one-of-a-kind character and background art and GIFs, as well as tokens that provide exclusive social experiences to engage and reward superfans. I can tell you with the most certainty that I have within my body that leading up to the upfronts, Fox was like, everyone at Fox, you gotta get on these NFT things. I don't care. Put together... Something. Can we, we make an NFT of a TV show? We have Is to. Is that something you can do? We have to tell all these advertisers out there, all these big advertisers that we're in the NFT space. We have to plant our flag, and I don't care what it is. Just put something out there. We have this uh, uh, first look at a Dan Harmon thing, right? NFT. Uh, make an NFT of it. Yeah, I. I mean, like, because that. That's. I've only done two upfronts in my entire life, or been a part of them, and it, it is literally just like, yeah. What can we sell? Yeah. What, what is it? Throw anything at this the door. Is definitely an upfront idea, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, on the one hand, this is kind of brilliant because TV shows, especially animated shows, are expensive and they're easy for executives to cancel because they're like, well, you're not making as much money as we'd like to make. You're not making as much money as 90 Day Fiance, and that costs us like one tenth the amount of money to produce. Yeah. So uh, you're canceled. Whereas a show like this, which, if it's anything like Rick and Morty, it'll have fans that like collecting things. They'll probably be able to secure uh, a lot of their uh, budget funding just through selling a couple of fucking animated gifts per episode or something like that. Yeah. Which is cool if it works out, but also I don't like the precedent that it sets where, like, if this catches on, then every fucking show is going to be That's what selling I'm saying. NFTs the, and stuff. This year is going to be looked back on uh, as, like, the year of NFTs. There, obviously, there's a lot of terrible, normal uh, shit happening, politics, war. Uh, crime, everything, social unrest. But as far as like the media goes, this is going to be like the year of NFTs. Yeah, yeah, Fox kind of rubs me the wrong way. Again, independent uh, or or low budget studios maybe doing this to bolster the the expenses. Maybe, I don't know, it's strange. I really hope that uh, what everyone's saying online is actually true and there are new technologies being developed and deployed that reduce the environmental impact of all of this. Because to me, it seems like Fox is just going to be like, yeah, these are NFTs. And it's like, is it really, though? Or are you just selling an animated GIF? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, in the yeah, meantime, like, but they've sold, the fucking Adult Swim has sold millions of dollars worth of Pickle Rick toys yeah. and all this shit. So like, what's the kind of what's the difference? It's cheaper for them to make. Yeah, it's cheaper to produce <laughs> and distribute, I guess. I guess, like, yeah, we're not shipping, using fossil fuels to ship and distribute. No, we're using fossil fuels to run fucking yeah. servers that are doing Sudoku puzzles to yeah. create a token that uh, directs you to a URL that hopefully will be there in 5, 10 years, uh, 15 years. Uh, what, I feel like, what's like the, 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 the saying where it's like with the frog that's being boiled alive, it's like if you drop the frog in boiling water, it would jump out. Yeah. Uh, I feel like so much weird, dumb, random tech and political shit has happened in the past two years that like just 
if you took someone from just two years ago and brought them to 2021, what? it would be as insane as bringing someone from the 90s to like the year 2015. Like uh, it's it's absurd. We're it's we're boiling that. alive in this, yeah. and and actually physically boiling alive because of climate change, which is uh, not being helped along by both cryptocurrency and NFTs. No, no, it's not. Anyways, since we're on the subject, it was also announced this week that Rick and Morty is getting a spinoff on Adult Swim. Oh. Uh, so far, not NFT related. Maybe it'll be tied to the blockchain. I, from now on, I'm just going to assume that every show is tied to the blockchain. Pickle coin. Yes. <laughs> from Collider, Adult Swim is giving Rick and Morty a short series spinoff about The Vindicators. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, the intergalactic superhero team which debuted in the show's third season. The Vindicators will follow the superhero's adventures without Rick and Morty, featuring Supernova, Vance Maximus, Alan Rails, Crocubot, and the greatest hero of them all, Noob Noob. The short series is probably set before the events of Vindicators 3, The Return of World Ender, <laughs> the first and last Rick and Morty episode featuring the super team, which was almost completely decimated yeah. by a series <laughs> of death traps Rick put in place after getting drunk. So that's cool. Yeah. I, uh, the Justin Roiland's show, Solar Opposites, which I believe is a Hulu show, is mm -hmm. also very good. He's a very good writer. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's, a, it's the Rick and Morty thing where it's like, it's funny, but it's also it's just like really good science fiction writing where like, you're like, wait a second, these concepts are actually very clever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, good for them. Mm -hmm. Over in uh, pornography news. Yes. <laughs> Just a little porno news. Yeah. It's looking like Pornhub has taken a few notes from Peter Jackson and decided that cinematic history must be preserved. Even the world's earliest porno flicks. Because Pornhub is using artificial intelligence to remaster the oldest erotic films into stunning 4K. <laughs> Stunning, arousing, 4K. <laughs> um, it's like you're there. That woman's been dead for a hundred years. <laughs> Yet you see her tits shaking in front of you as if they were here today. If only she knew that in the year of our Lord 2021, people would be ejaculating to those boobs. She's a good, 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 a lot of G's in there. <laughs> yes. She's a triple G guilt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Not sure if this is what people are out there searching for these days. There's a fetish. Yeah. I'm sure there is. I can only jack off to women who've been dead for decades. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that gets me hard is yeah, knowing yeah. that they are long dead. There's no sh there's uh there's no guilt in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It yeah. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> look, someone's got to replace all the step family videos. There has to be some transition yeah. out of the stepbrother, stepsister, stepfather, stepmother. Hello, hello stepbrother. Yeah. Yes. Come on. I. It's a little weird. Anyway, so yeah, why not some vintage films that are all far outside of any potential copyright issues? Because yeah. again, everyone involved has been dead for a long time. Yes. Uh, from Engadget. The remastered project used AI to restore and colorize skin flicks from as far back as 125 years ago. <laughs> These things predate the Titanic. The porn giant harnessed machine learning and 100,000 adult images and videos to teach the AI how to colorize the films. This is, uh, there's, a, there's a, a couple YouTube channels, uh, but one in particular is a guy who has just some crazy machine learning algorithm that he runs old footage through and... Mm -hmm. uh, it's so just like street scenes, like New York City, 1895. And it looks and it's, incredible. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Well, it's like uh, Peter Jackson literally did this with yeah. World War One footage. Yeah, his uh, uh, that shit was wild. Uh, anyways, the article continues. Several algorithms were used to restore the films with limited human intervention, according to Pornhub. The process started by reducing noise and sharpening and contrasting images. The videos were boosted to run in 4K at 60 frames per second, and audio with, was either remastered or a new soundtrack was added. 
Nice. <laughs> the titillating movies that Pornhub has restored include The Kiss from 1896, which featured the first smooch captured on film. <laughs> Can she do that? <laughs> <laughs> Banish that woman. <laughs> It didn't take too much longer before the advent of more explicit films. So, if watching threesomes or kinky cosplay from the 1920s in 4K with plinky plonky silent film music is your thing, you'll know just where to find it. I'm go I'm going to go check this out. I did. I I, I, I did when uh, researching and yeah. looking into this through the Engadget article, and it's a uh, look. It's not as impressive as some of that New York footage or like the Peter Jackson stuff. But it, there it is, uh, yeah. a century-old pornography in color. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it would be a shame if that stuff was lost to history. I'm glad they did it. Yeah, th I'm glad they did it, too. Yeah. So there you go. It's, uh, it's out there. <laughs> and uh, you can watch it now. Yeah. Um, after getting all those lawsuits for uh, m multiple reasons, Pornhub's like, all right, what's something that we can like yeah. technically own with no legal ramifications? Mm -hmm. Sir, that woman is clearly 140 years old. Yeah. What's she going to do? Sue us from the grave? Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of, uh, of what I, I, this week. We've done like a, a, an episode every single it's, day. It's been a tight one. Because we're leaving uh, next next week. We're going on a, a short break. Uh, so we won't have any episodes going up next week. But uh, we do have a new episode of Weekly Weird News coming up for you. It's been a long week. But uh, thank you for allowing us to take a week off as if you had some choice. Yeah. We just want to make you want episodes uh, more. When we're gone for a week, you're going to be like, the hell's wrong with these guys? I need more episodes. The, they're gonna storm the Capitol the the second we're, for content. We're done. Yeah, yeah, for content. Gonna give these guys some content. Anyway, Anyways, yeah, watch uh, our, our previous videos, um, Tech News Day about uh, people keep falling for these Elon Musk crypto scams. Yeah, cut it out. And then our video on Bob Ross, which uh, hilariously a a Twitch streamer who's also a view of our show who is just the biggest Bob Ross fan. Bob Ross super fan. Uh, she decided to watch our Bob Ross video, sight unseen with her chat. And uh, it was heartbreaking, but also hilarious to see her realize in real time just like how <laughs> fucked up Bob Ross Incorporated is. Yeah, uh, I'll leave a link to that. I'll, I'll put a link to that below yeah. in the, in the uh, <laughs> description as well. Cause it's, it's a fun watch it's, because yeah, you can see kind of like the world crushing. Yeah, it's, it's really like, yeah, I, I've never watched a story of ours in a way where I'm seeing how it affects someone like directly in real time. I thought it was hilarious. I, it was funny, but I felt real bad for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, I'll leave a link to that as well to her channel. Go follow her and uh, watch that video uh, and check out those videos right here. Now they're on the screen. There you go. We'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News and bye. Bye.